you're going to see the gospel message as a whole from the Old Testament and the New, and you're going to get great value out of this. We see scriptures in Isaiah, in Jeremiah, in the Psalms, and also in the New Testament that show us how to be saved and forgiven by God. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. And in this video, you're going to see that and it'll bring great value to you. The most valuable thing that you can imagine. It's going to be a real quick presentation on the gospel. And then you're going to gain the greatest thing ever. And you might even receive Jesus if you haven't already, you guys, this could be the greatest moment of your life, the greatest thing that has ever happened to you, and it'll give you purpose and meaning in life and fill that lonely void that's in your heart. So I've seen it work in my own life, you guys. I was born again when I was 13 years old, and I want to see it work in your life too, my friend. So hey, we're going to get into it. All right, here we go. Okay, so the whole Bible, the whole counsel of God, here's an outline of the Bible, like the New Testament, and then the scroll representing the Old Testament, their one testament. So let's get into it. Jesus was born of a virgin. This is the, the basic doctrine of being a Christian. You have to realize Jesus was born of a virgin because he was born of the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 7 says this, the virgin shall conceive or will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Well, we just look at Matthew chapter 1. The New Testament tells us. Matthew explains it to us. Now, all of this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, that what we just read, Isaiah, would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which is translated means God with us. God the Son with us, you guys. So when Jesus was born, this is actually Bethlehem right here. There's all these rocks and there was a, these little caves and stuff and, and little crevices where the shepherds would build a little rock wall around it. And that's probably where he was born in this type of a manger where the sheep were. And these are where the sheep were raised. They would get the lambs from this area to bring to the temple. These are where the approved lambs were that were brought to the temple. All right, later on, Jesus died on the cross. When he was 33 years old, he died on the cross. He wasn't whisked away. He wasn't in a coma. He actually died. And then in the Old Testament, we see Psalm 22. It says, they pierced or bore through my hands and my feet. The oldest manuscripts from the Septuagint say they bore through and pierced my hands and my feet. All right, so Daniel chapter 9, what does that say? This is the Old Testament again. The Messiah will be cut off and have nothing or no one. And that word cut off means killed. Matthew chapter 27 in the New Testament, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and he gave up his spirit. That means he died, you guys. Some people say he was in a coma or he was whisked away. And no, 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 no. He died. He said he was going to die. And he's not a liar. So that's what happened. And when Jesus died, so this is cool. When I was in my geography class in college, they talked about this African Rift Valley right here. There's this great fault line that runs through this Rift Valley. And it goes right up through here to the Red Sea and up through the Dead Sea and all the way through the Sea of Galilee and then all the way up north. And there's an extension of this, this fault which goes to Jerusalem. 
Well, my geography professor said right around 0 AD, sometime around that time, there was the most the evidence of the greatest earthquake ever, so powerful that it would have shattered rocks. And immediately my mind went to Scripture because I know what happened when Jesus died, okay? And there was also a darkness over the land when he was on that cross. There was a three-hour darkness from noon to 3 p.m., and when it became light, he quoted Psalm 22 saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So after three days, what happened? After three days, he rose from the dead. This is the greatest thing of all, you guys. As believers, we live for this. We know that we will. death was conquered by Jesus, and we will live forever with him because of this. He rose from the dead, just as the scriptures say, just as he said he would. He is alive, you guys. He's alive. There's a great song that says that he's alive. Check it out sometime. All right. So with that morning, you guys, after three days, that early in the morning, the women went to the tomb. And what did they see? They saw angels who said he was alive. And Mary Magdalene spoke with the angels and she saw them and went into the tomb. So here in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, it says, by his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many for he will bear their wrongdoings. He will bear their transgressions. This was written 700 years before the birth of Christ. It also says, by his wounds, we are healed. This is speaking of Yeshua Mashiach, if you're in Israel, Jesus, the Messiah. So Psalm 16 says this, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, and you will not allow your Holy One to undergo decay. Because in three days, you guys, after three days, your body starts to decay. So he was raised from the dead before that time. Out of where? Sheol, that place for the dead, right? So Matthew chapter 28 says this, He is not here, they said, the the angel said to those women, for he has risen, just as he said, come see the place where he was lying. What did Mary Magdalene do? So she went in and she saw the place where Jesus was lying. There's this this spot where there was an angel at the head and at the foot of the the empty spot where Jesus' body was, and it was not there anymore. So I'm going to go to the temple real quick because this is very important, especially for my Jewish friends. Remember the temple? Here's an image of Solomon's temple. This, This was the greatest, the first temple and the greatest one. And inside there was the menorah, the seven golden lampstand. And this is the holy place, the table of showbread and the wine, which speaks of communion, by the way. And then the high priest would be in here. And once a year, the high priest would go up these stairs and across there's a curtain right here, which was the veil of the temple. And this is the holy of holies, the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant is, as you can see right here. And he would go in and he would sprinkle the lamb, the perfect lamb's blood that was sacrificed upon this empty holy seat, the the mercy seat. This is where the actual ark where Moses would meet with the Lord. He would sit on this empty mercy seat. And what was on both sides? Angels. And their, their wings would touch. So here's the holy place. There's the veil, the curtain, and the seven menorah, the, the seven golden lampstand that was there, and the incense. And then through the curtain, this would be the holy of holies, the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the Ten Commandments, the the stone tablets were, where the bowl of manna was, and also the rod of Aaron, which budded the almonds, right? So 
What? But here's the thing. This, this lid of the ark was pure gold, and on it, God had him design, had Moses design this, the two angels with their wings touching, one at the head, one at the foot. This speaks of the place where Jesus was, where his body was laid, right? And it was empty, and it was sprinkled with the blood of the lamb. Jesus being the lamb of God, his blood was sprinkled there, you guys. You see the picture? Isn't that amazing? It's all in the Bible. So when Jesus died, there was a massive earthquake and rocks were split in two as recorded in in Matthew and the veil of the temple was ripped from top to bottom, this massive veil. What does that mean? Free access, access through Jesus straight to the Holy of Holies, to the presence of the Lord. There's no longer do you need a priest to go and see God and to visit with him. Maybe not to see him, but to visit with him, to have a relationship with him. And Matthew chapter 28 says, Behold, I am with you always, Jesus said, to the end of the age. Isn't that beautiful, you guys? That is the gospel. That is the gospel in the Old Testament and the New. And I wanted to do this episode with you. I want to do a really quick one too. But showing where he is in the Old Testament and in the New and how it all took place. And if you have never received Jesus, my friend, you can believe in him and receive him and be born again. Even right now, you may be feeling this conviction that you're a sinner. That's good. I'm a sinner too, but I'm a believer. I'm clothed in Jesus's righteousness, not my own. And you could too. We're all sinners. We all need to be forgiven by God. And maybe this is convicting your heart right now. If it is, you can receive him. This is a broken and messed up world. You don't have to look too far to see how messed up it is. It's because of sin, you guys, that Jesus became that ultimate sacrifice. And all you have to do is believe in him and receive him through prayer and then follow him as your Lord and Savior. That's what will happen. You'll become a a born again child of God through Jesus Christ. Would you like to do that? Just say this prayer after me if this is speaking to your heart. This will be you praying to God, all right? All right, repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me of my sin. Help me to turn from my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood for me. I also believe that in three days he was raised from the dead and he is alive today. I choose to follow him as my Lord and as my Savior from this day forward. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, my friend. God has forgiven you. This is the greatest moment of your life because God loves you and you open your heart to him. So, hey, make sure you get plugged into a fellowship with other believers that read the Bible, um, a church, a Bible-believing church or fellowship. If you're in Israel, go to One for Israel. It's a great ministry. There's others too. And make sure you're fellowshiping with other believers and you're reading your Bible and you're praying every single day. That's how you're going to stay strong in the Lord. All right, God bless you, my friend, and I'll see you next time. I love you.